0: If you hear this sound, that means this episode is also featured on our YouTube channel as a video. Head over to www.youtube.com slash keepitweirdpodcast to check it out. Warning, this episode contains foul language and mentions of violence, demonic activity, and vengeful spirits. and cursed, spine-chilling and blood-curdling, and always listening for bumps in the night. Each week we get together from across the country and we chat about something weird. But this week is a little different because it is officially spooky season, baby! And to start off our very special halloween episodes this week we are examining one of the biggest horror movie tropes of all time the haunted house of all the places where grim grinning ghosts could come out to socialize your own home is definitely the scariest the place where you should feel the safest from the world the place where you should feel the most relaxed you let your guard down you take off your bra and let those spooky titties breathe How are you supposed to hear the knell of a Requiem bell with your titties out? (laughs) And we have a very special guest today who has had a front row seat to these creepy creeps with eerie eyes as she lived in her very own haunted house. Hell, she even produced an entire podcast about it. So light your candles, burn some incense, and dust off that old bottle of holy water because the spooks have arrived for the midnight spree. My name is Ashley, and this is my happy haunt of a co-host, Lauren. Hello,
1: weirdos. Welcome to spooky season. Welcome.
0: Did you take the sticker off the bottom of your mug? Only halfway. We tried. It stuck, okay. you know. You know what? We know. did our best.
1: You know what? If you judge me, just just get
0: out. <laughs> you we don't claim you you're not welcome. And joining us today, the producer and host of the Chilling Podcast, former haunted house resident Lindsay Brisbane. What up witches? How we doing? <laughs> what up witches? What up?
2: Welcome um, Lindsay.
0: Very obviously a part of our tribe judging by the neon, the hair, the shirt. Yep. Also a podcaster. She's
2: one of us.
1: <laughs> one of us. A perfect one weirdo. Of
2: us. I know. We look one like we could us. all be on the cover of The Craft. We just need one more one more person. <laughs> we need one <laughs> we more member. One more <laughs> yeah, we literally look like we could be totally pulling off the cover of The, we, the Craft from the 90s. We really yes. do. You know what? We'll grab Dana
0: us. Newkirk. And mm-hmm. we'll have her come in. And she's a
2: witch. She perfect. All that would be perfect. <laughs> That's
1: all we need. <laughs> we are she, Funny
2: it. enough. Yeah, Dana's actually, funny enough, who I'm opening for in Ohio for the You're speaking kidding. engagement. Mm-hmm.
1: No way. Yeah. That is world.
0: They, they were world. Her and Greg were just on our show like two weeks ago. Oh, so that's, that's
2: awesome. Yep, so I'll be opening for them. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Lindsay is going to be open. It's going to be in Kent. Is it going to be in Kent, Ohio? Yeah, it's at
2: the Kent stage in Kent, Ohio. It's going to be Jim Harold, me and Dana and Greg of the Haunted Objects podcast. So we're doing a full paranormal podcast evening. So if anybody wants to come check it out, should be fun. It's on October 6th
0: yeah which is tonight as you listen
1: to this episode as you listen
2: i will be also (laughs) teleporting my body all the way to get to also speak
1: that is so so cool
0: to start us off also listeners i'm so sorry i'm sick and it's
2: that's life Lindsay, to start us (laughs) off tell us a bit about the chilling Yes. All right. Yeah. So The Chilling, it's a 13 part serialized podcast about the most haunted house in Ohio. I have no problem saying probably top five in the entire country. Um, And essentially, I lived in this haunted house, geez, almost 20 years ago now, and I never could let it go. And when uh, COVID happened, I had some downtime and you know, I work with a lot of people on the West coast and a lot of people in Manhattan and everybody always said I should write a movie script or write a novel about Mm. what happened. And I said, you know, you don't know where where that's going to go. It could go nowhere. So I was like, you know what? Um, I'm going to make a podcast. And, uh, yeah. yeah. yeah, And I thought it would take me six months. It took me three years. That was crazy. Wow. My gosh. (laughs) That was something I was wondering. (laughs) It's so good. And when I, Thank you. But when I started, I thought, oh, this won't be that, you know, this, I can get this done. And three years later, it was finished. And I was like, oh, wow. But it was worth doing it that way because of everything I found out and figured out. And also, it's totally. not just my story, but it's everyone else who lived in this house as well. Um, and so I wanted to do it justice. Yeah, Yeah, it was such a cool idea to make a podcast about your
0: experience in that house. And I'm literally as soon as I started listening, I started kicking myself for not doing the same with an experience that I had with multiple witnesses. (laughs) Yeah. So I know that you said you wanted to make a podcast, which is brilliant, because then it is all your own. It's going to be exactly what you want it to be. It's going Mm -hmm. to be your voice. There's no one sitting over you saying you can or can't do this. Um, But what? Yeah made you do it in the way that you did it where you had
2: everyone come on and tell their own stories. So, I've always loved creative writing since I was a kid. And so, the only way I could imagine doing it was like I was writing a book. And so, mm. I thought, okay, I'm making basically a documentary audiobook. And I was like, how would I do it? So, I started by just interviewing everyone. Then, I had to mm. edit all their interviews, get a sense of like what their stories and what happened and things. And then, um, I wrote 13 scripts and figured out how to plug it all in. I was lucky enough to have this brilliant musician who I'd been a fan of for years, Sidewalks and Skeletons. I wrote him and he said, sounds like a dope project. You can use all my music. And I was like, you're kidding me. And he's like, nope. I was going to ask about the music. It's so know, Yeah. It, It is perfect for the podcast. And I totally lucked out because he literally was like, sounds amazing. Just give me a shout out. But yeah, go for it. Use all my music. So it was like, OK. Ew. And so I learned how to like, you know, do all this mixing and stuff. I mean, the biggest thing I've gotten even from other podcasters is like, who's the company you hire to produce? And I was like, I did the whole thing. They're like, no way. I'm like, nice. yeah. why so I took three years, homie. I had to teach myself <laughs> everything. And it's crazy how much there is to do and learn if you really want to get into like, the finite, you know, audio details and sound mixing because my thought was I'm telling a story, but I only have one medium to do it in and that's with your ears for people to listen. Mm-hmm. So when it was possible, I wanted to scare the crap out of people because you, that's- did. <laughs> you <laughs> sure did. <laughs> <laughs> did I scare- yeah, because my thought was, you know, like this, I want people to feel what we felt and the only way I could do totally. that was with sound. So I try to do my best not to overdo it, and I tried to pace it, too, because I was like, you know, the story is pretty scary, and if I did it all just back-to-back fear fact, like, I think at some point people would be like, I can't, or, like, it would just get numbing, so I try to space it out in interesting ways, because I love folklore and urban legends, so I mixed a lot of that in, but yeah, it's it's a crazy story, that's for sure. And I I just
1: have to say... To our listeners, the reason that I, you know, one of my first questions was going to be how long did this take you is because without giving too much away, because we want you to go listen to it. Um, When you when you give it a listen, it is just the most well produced, well researched, best storytelling that you can find out there as far as paranormal podcasts go. But as far as podcasts go in general, it's just so well done. And, you know, you just talked about the folklore and urban legends. I Feel like Lindsay, you did such a good job of mixing in, you know, the history of everything, putting in the lore that connects to the story that you're telling, putting in alternate theories for what was going on and what you were experiencing. You truly made the most well-rounded, balanced show. So that's very cool. Not everyone can do that.
2: <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, and you know, I kudos to people that are in my life that are total skeptics and non-believers. Cause when I also went to do this, I was like I know they still don't believe, so, like, I've got to come up with, like, i got to approach this and be unbiased, so I, I tried to explore alternative, you know, reasons for hauntings, but I'm happy to say that all of my skeptics, my friends and family, by the end said, great, now I believe in ghosts and demons, <laughs> great, it's like there's no doubting by the end. Like, well, you yes. even, at one point, didn't you have, like, a bug expert on? I had somebody who was a- an expert in mold. Um, mold, okay. mold and mold. Well, i remember
0: there was like a the spider situation and which yeah. like, on its own someone <laughs> about which on its own fuck that spider like uh-uh. seriously i don't care if it's a
2: demon or an actual spider you're not allowed in my house get yeah. out And it's it's crazy yeah. The amount of things that happened, And it's funny Like some of the stuff That happened in the house There was so much I couldn't even put it all in Like I have so many stories I didn't even put in Because it would have been Like 40 episodes And I was just like I gotta cut through And kind of set it up Like in a story format Because I think the hardest thing For people to understand is It all started for me Day one, week one This wasn't like A slow progression Like it hit me Like a wall Like it began So like I have stories That even when I was Trying to think of how to put them in the podcast I'm like I can't because it would just be too scary right away I would ruin the insanity of this house if I was like oh yeah this happened day one people would be like what no way so I had how to kind of like, stay there yeah so I had to like cut a bunch of stuff out that's just there's so much that's happened a lot of people are like you should write a book I'm like I don't know someday maybe because there's still I don't so know much that more. sounds like a lot of work <laughs> yeah it does right the podcast was enough yeah you for- already poured
1: everything into this yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah. I wanted to ask you about because in in the show, okay, you mentioned the basement, but there wasn't quite an episode like you ne- did you ever go in the basement? Did you ever like explore the basement or anything?
2: Yeah, so you know the craziest thing is and anyone who listens you'll hear about the experience with the landlords, which was bizarre, mm-hmm. but um when we first Definitely. moved in, the first thing me, Reba, and Amber did was go into the basement. And this is so interesting because, you know, Amber was a full skeptic of all things. We're talking religion, anything paranormal. I mean, she didn't believe in anything. Agnostic beyond like just nothingness. Um, yeah. I don't she know was if like, I When
0: say, you die,
2: nothing dead. happens. Yeah, basically. The end. Like, yeah. <laughs> the end. And she was just kind of like, "There's nothing." And then Reba, she was open, but not like me because you know I've been able to kind of see and. I guess, communicate with the dead and other things my whole life. So I, I'm used to tapping in, whereas Reba believes, but I don't think it was ever like a you know thing for her. So we go down into this basement because the first thing we said was like when we moved in, like they really didn't want us down here, right? So like, yeah, let's go check it out. And I remember we turned and looked at that weird, I don't even like to call it graffiti. I just call it a symbol. And we turned and we looked and we were standing in a row. And I just will never forget that three people with such different beliefs and viewpoints all had the same response. And I remember Amber just being like, I don't like that. That's making me feel really uncomfortable. And then I remember Rebecca saying something to the effect of is that like satanistic or a cult like what are we looking at? And I was like, I don't know, but it's not good. And I remember we just stood there for a little bit before we were finally like, you know what? Like Let's go upstairs. And I remember Amber being like, "We have no reason to ever come down here again." She's like, "We're done." <laughs> and I was and she yeah. didn't believe in anything. She's like, "No, we don't have to." And I remember that after that, we just made it a point to never go down there. And but, you know, what was down there certainly let us know it was down there by doing yeah. things down there, so. Ooh. Yeah, spooky, making spooky noises things.
0: and <laughs> did you ever And I don't want any, like, spoilers because I I have Oh, we can spoil. I don't care. Whatever you
2: want to ask. We're good. Great.
0: Did you ever figure anything more about the history of the house? I know that you had figured you'd found others who lived there who had similar experiences, but anything that could point Mm -hmm. to, like, who the hag was or why the place was so fucked up?
2: Yeah, you know, the best thing I can say, so being that, like, I am tapped in, I can see stuff and experience and communicate with the dead and all kinds of stuff, but what I can tell you is that before this house and since this house, I have never encountered anything like what was there. Yeah. And when I had psychic and medium Joe Peretta on the show, what was crazy is at the end of our call, because he's like, he when I interviewed him, it wasn't to even get a reading or anything. And all of a sudden, he just started saying, like, I'm seeing something, and he was describing what it was. Oof. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. And his theory lined up with my theory. It lined up with the theory of Michael Salerno, the demonologist. And what I can say is that there's nothing to be found about the home or the property, but... What I can tell you is I think it was attached to the land. I think it was old. I think it was ancient. I think it was a demon. Mm. And I'm pretty sure that whoever put that symbol in the basement either conjured and brought it to the house and bound it to the house or that symbol is like locked it in or gives it power. So I get the sense that it was probably like free Roman and then somebody slapped that thing down there and it was like a beacon and I think that's what is there. So, And the history of Kent and that area, we've got the, uh, the Underground Railroad, First Nations people. We've got a lot of history there that could easily supply the sort of things that we would think could conjure something of this nature. There's a lot of water. There's a lot of rock. The basement was made of rock. I mean... But what I can tell you from my experience, although we couldn't find a murder or anything, mm-hmm. in this particular case, it wouldn't have mattered because what is there is an actual demon. So, yeah. you know, it, yeah, you didn't need like a something to happen. I think yeah. what it was is whoever put that symbol down there just brought it in. And that was that.
1: Do you think you would go back to the house to do an investigation with like a bigger team, like maybe bring in some experts to kind of you know steer you in certain directions or similar to what you did in your research on the podcast kind of be devil's advocate and say okay here's some other things that are going on here or maybe end up proving your point and saying like I'm a scientist and holy shit something terrible's here <laughs> my- do you think you'd yeah. go back
2: oh yeah my my dream goal which people think is crazy but um At the end of the podcast, you hear me go back for briefly, but nobody was home. So I couldn't talk to anybody. And I I could tell it was still there without question. I was like, oh, God. And it knew I was there and I couldn't see it. But I could see that. I guess I could say that with that sense, it was watching me like, oh, you're here. Nice to see you, you know, and it was really weird. But I knew it was there and it knew I was there. And so my dream in life is to go back. I'd love to bring a team. I'd love to bring a parapsychologist, a neurologist, a demonologist, investigators, scientists, spend a good chunk of time in the house. Me is kind of bait, man. And, um, you know, a couple other people that were on the show are, said that they would be willing to go too to just amp up the environment and let it know we're back. Because I know that the evidence we would get would be undisputable. One of my biggest things I'd love to do is have them hook something up to study our sleep and see if we can see what is causing this sleep paralysis, this night hag, just on a mental, in our brain waves. Um, but, yeah, that's my goal. And then at the end of it, I would love someone like Michael Salerno to just cleanse the house and get it out of there forever at the very end, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, banish gosh. it back to the rock from Winston. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, get right? it the hell out of there.
2: <laughs>
1: my gosh. Well, you are braver than I.
0: Seriously. I'd be like, guess who's never even going back to Ohio? <laughs> I know.
1: I can't even be on the street. <laughs> Buy it. Um, no, that's obviously, I love that you want to go back because, you know, all of us who have listened to this podcast now are like, give us more answers, but <laughs> but man, I couldn't do it, so good for you.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a scary proposition because I was lucky that it didn't follow me when I left, although after that totally. time when I went and saw the house and I started making the show is when I started getting, I will call it, threats from it, Um, and I had a lot of really crazy stuff happened to me while we were making the podcast which the demonologist warned me would happen but to be honest not that i didn't believe him but i was just kind of like what does it matter and you know i got bit i've been scratched i've um Both me and my husband have seen entities around the house, um, things burning. I've been electrocuted and had sockets blow up on me a few times, like while all making this podcast, like more insane stuff than I can, you know. And so it's pretty clear that, as Michael said, the demonologist, that these things don't like to be talked about. And me making the podcast really, really pissed him off. Um, But if I go back, you know, that's why my hope is I would love to do a long form study there, be bait you know use my abilities try to bring it out into the light see what kind of really hard scientific evidence we could prove and then when all that's said and done get rid of this sucker because my biggest fear is eventually somebody's gonna die it's gonna do something and someone's going to die by some way in that house and that'll just be awful
0: yeah i mean which i've always found interesting about demons because i i'm Not religious, and I believe in demons Mm -hmm. and angels, but not in like the um biblical way, it more in like a um uh, they're ancient beings that have been here since the beginning of time, long before we had Christianity. But Christianity gave them the names that we know them Mm -hmm. most by, and whatever power you have within you like i'm a witch so the lord's prayer might not work for me as much as it would work for like a christian person but the funny thing is is like throughout history when people talk about these evil dark spirits or these demons they seem to want people to know about them because it gives them more power and then when you talk about them they get all pissy
2: so like right which why are it? they
1: suddenly met what do you want demons <laughs> what do you want
2: from a you know here's the best you know the best way to break it down in my experience and the first thing i'll say too, ashley is i kind of totally agree with you now i was raised christian but i was raised in a really Same. crazy christian household like in my house we have a running theory that jesus is an alien heaven and hell are just planets and they're all aliens yeah. that have come to earth so like love that. yeah so <laughs> you're one of yeah, us so demons and angels in my house we we always viewed them very differently than everybody else and that's probably because we also as a group have had a lot of paranormal experiences and abilities so i think we don't we kind of look at things in gray areas instead of black and white the way i was raised yeah. which really made me not fit in very good at church because it was basically like <laughs> i got kicked out of <laughs> church one time because they called my mom and said that uh they lost me to satan or something and my mom's like My mom was basically like, go screw yourself. My daughter's never coming back. And, like, I was already weird enough. And my family's like, oh, well. So, like, I was raised Christian. We went to church. (laughs) But, like, our views are very open. And, again, I think it's just because my parents, me, even my older sister, have had so many paranormal experiences and things that we just cannot explain that um, it opens your view. But what I will say about demons is I think it operates this way. And Michael said it the best, and he broke it down for me like this. Dark entities operate like the mafia, right? They want everyone <laughs> to be scared of them. They like to bully everybody, but they like to do all their business underground. They don't want to be known because once they're brought out into the light, like if the mafia starts being put in the newspapers a lot and it brings a lot of attention to them, right? The public, the police, everybody now starts to pay attention to them and want them to be brought you know to to justice, right Well, with these yeah. darker enemy entities, it's the same thing. they want us all to have the fear they like to know that they they have that power over people you know that people whisper up about them in the darkness. But when we start to openly talk about them, they get mad because they start to lose their power. They literally start to lose that strength they have over us by talking about them, which is one thing I learned after leaving the house is that, you know, that's why I'm not scared to go back. So I'm not scared of that stuff anymore because I realized what really crippled me the most in the house is it just got me at the right time. And yeah. I was not strong enough to stand up to it or for myself in the way that I needed to. Um. So now when I've encountered things that I haven't encountered, I have never encountered another true demon like that. But when I have encountered other entities, I don't have any fear. You know, it's it's a very smooth communication process. You know, I can tell the difference between a human spirit or just something that's, you know, residual. But But I don't have the fear I had before. So, again, I think they don't like us to talk about them, like, even right now, because I think it really angers them. Because now we diminish them in some way. We take away their lore. Like, they go from being, like, yeah, right? They go from being, like, the Greek god Zeus to just being some entity we can just ramble on and judge. Just being Ed. Yeah, just Ed. Ed the demon. Old Steve. (laughs) Yeah, Jared. (laughs) <laughs> the demon cheering. Bobby,
1: yeah, we're just gonna keep we're gonna keep chatting about you, Bobby, the demon, because like we
0: don't want you that power, but also, please don't do anything. I'm very scared of everything don't hurt me, <laughs> that's one thing, definitely, um, for our listeners, uh, obviously, I feel like everyone who's listening to this right now has already turned it off and headed to the chilling, but What's so cool about it, too, is how vulnerable you were, you and your friends were, talking about what was happening with you personally in your personal mm-hmm. lives, in your personal relationships that did sort of disarm you and make you, like, not necessarily at your strongest point going into this situation. You were already a little bit frazzled, a little broken, a little – it was – and, and you said it on the show but like it was as if that house wanted you specifically yeah,
2: yeah. and I and you know the hard part is is kind of like how you're dealing with the cold Ashley I look at these dark entities kind of like this they look for people that have a broken soul immune system right something mm, in yeah. your life has corrupted your if you want to call it energy spirit soul something's cracked Crack the surface of it. Maybe you've been through a really bad relationship, lost a loved one, dealing with addiction, um, whatever it may be. Uh, Maybe lost a job or lost a lot of money. You're really down and out. These things look for us when we're vulnerable because it's easier to get in, just like a cold virus or anything. So they try to get into you when they can. And then once they're in, Trying to get them out of you is, again, it's like processing a cold. Like, how strong are you? How strong is your spirit immune system, if that's what you a way to look at it, that you can push this thing away from you or out of you? And it's interesting because what was in that house definitely had it out for me. And what I realized was it had it out for me because I already knew it was there from day one. Mm. And it was like, oh, gosh, I've got someone here who can see me. And I haven't had anybody like this in a long time, maybe ever. And if I don't take her out, she may prevent me from doing what I want to do. And also, it was probably fun for it to be like, there's someone here I can kind of see and kind of mess with and can see me and sense me. Because again, it started the very first day. This wasn't like slow progression haunting. This was I'm here immediately. And I'll never forget because the first time I ever stuck my hand into it, Which um, I talk about the cold spots, but when I did it for the first time and I stuck my hand inside of it, the first thing I thought of was not like, oh, I'm scared. It was an oh shit. Now it knows that I know where it is. Like it officially knows. Mm. I could look where it was and sense where it was, but for me to touch it and remove my hand, it knew immediately, aha, she does know where I am. She can see me, and so I think that's why it had it out for me so much. Was it just, I was kind of like the target it wanted the most, but also it wanted to take me out because I was the only one in the house that knew where it was or what it was, you know. Well, also yeah.
0: easier to scare someone who can see and hear. It was more lit. aware of it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's way harder to scare someone like my dad who's like nothing exists. <laughs>
1: I know. That's like my husband, too. He just, even though he's experienced, like, what can only be explained as a paranormal experience. I've told one of his, what we've called, like, a ghost story on the podcast. He will still be the biggest skeptic for the rest of his life. So I want to have him listen to The Chilling Now and be like, just listen. (laughs) There's no other explanation. (laughs) I want him to be a believer.
2: Well, and it's crazy because that's what happened to Amber. And, you know, it's funny. when Early on, I I might mention it in the podcast, but even if I don't, like – paranormal things would happen in front of amber that were undeniable there were no questions i remember one time in particular sitting on a couch with her in the living room watching tv and a kitchen cabinet popped open in a way that was not possible and then like slowly creaked open and then just stopped and my response obviously was like oh god it's in the kitchen and like it's mad we're sitting here and it's like going to do something else. And her first response was stupid old house. And she like got up and walked and slammed (laughs) it shut. And I was, but if you saw the way this thing opened, it was the scariest thing you've ever seen, but only a non-believable. Like I always say skeptics will always find an answer. It doesn't matter what they've seen. Mm -hmm. It isn't until it does something that crosses such a far line that it like melts their mind forever like their mind is so blown that there's it's like broken into a thousand pieces and there's no going back and you know fortunately and unfortunately that happened to amber and it changed her for life but i mean up till that point i mean objects would move in the house all the time all kinds of stuff in front of her and she would just kind of dismiss it and i would be like if this was anyone else, they would be running. And Amber's just like, ah, it's just an old house. It's drafty. And I'm like, well, that doesn't move a cup. But sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. That's like, that's Lauren, that
0: time that my mom and I were in the living room and in the kitchen, one of the tumbler got, like, thrown. And I told my dad about it the next day. I was like, what do you think about that? And he goes, who knows? <laughs> and that was his answer. And he was okay with that. It. <laughs> and and then like, he's satisfied. And that's why you don't experience anything, Dad i know your response is ah, what are you gonna do well yeah well, like,
1: okay, what can you well, do nowadays you know oh, what though well.
0: it's true what can you do when the tumbler goes flying what can you do what yeah. can you do what can you do okay lauren and i actually have like the same scariest moment of the podcast oh really let's hear um, it um for some reason the scariest episode for me was the witch in the window Ooh. and I think it's because I've had that exact experience before where something told me in my head, like, do not look at this thing. Like, do not look to your right as I was having a paranormal experience and thought, like – what would I see if I looked mm-hmm. at the thing? And it's almost scarier than what I would have seen had I looked. It's like the Blair Witch Project. Like it's so much yeah, scarier. It's what you're imagining, not having seen mm-hmm. and imagining mm-hmm. what's there. But yeah, listeners, yep. there was a a, a scene where um, now your boyfriend on the show is he your husband now? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Woo, Lovely hubby. I, I love it. We love a happy ending. <laughs> so your boyfriend at the time now husband was basically fleeing the house. And as he was fleeing would not look at a window on the back wall and something told him do not look at it as he ran out and that was the scary moment for me lauren do you have anything really to really say scary about that no that window? was exactly it
1: i and i didn't even have the experience like you said like ashley's like oh i can relate it to a time i had a similar experience for whatever reason that part of the story just sent chills up my spine i had to turn it off and take a break and i was like i don't like it it was just, it hurt. <laughs>
2: well and you know that's the that's the craziest part because early on I mean so a lot of people ask me what is it like to have the abilities that I've had my whole life I never realized I guess that I was a psychic or a medium until I made the second season of this podcast because I just associated with this is just something my family has I never and I would hear psychics a medium and think oh wow that's a really amazing what they do not realizing I've been doing that my whole life um And so like, it wasn't until my second season, I started, you know, randomly channeling people's deceased loved ones, all these things on the show live. And I'm like, and people are like, you are. And I'm like, I am a what? And they're, I'm like, oh shit, I am. I didn't know that's what I was doing. (laughs) Um, so for me, that sense of, for me, what I usually experience first is the sense of, I can tell where it is in the house at all times, or I can tell when it's watching me or I get words in my head like, look over here, look at me, or I'm watching you. Can you see me too? Like things like that pop in my head, and I'm like, am I nuts? What's going on? And I'm used to that feeling, and I felt it the whole time I was in the house. But what was odd was having so many other people have that sensation, people that don't have necessarily abilities who felt watched or things of that nature. And for Adam in that scene, when he talks about it to this day – You know, he basically told me it was like he was sitting there and he just got this overwhelming feeling like he wasn't alone. And then it's like the room got filled with this energy and it was like a thousand eyes were on him. And he knew that inside of him, he was like, if I stay here, something is going to happen to me. Like, I can't actually stay in the room. And Adam's like a pretty, not a skeptic. He's had a lot of experiences, but he's a very level headed person and he said he fled that house he jumped the banister like he literally fled (laughs) left all the lights on tv on doors unlocked jumped the banister and he could tell that something wanted him to look at it and and it was watching him and it was kind of beckoning him come on turn around and he said he just couldn't he like kept his eyes on the ground and like even drove away and made sure not to look because he was like if i see something like i don't know what i'm gonna see but like Whatever's in that house, like I, I gotta get out of here, you know, which is just so scary. But to have other people feel the feeling I felt, that's pretty profound. And and that's all happened really early in-, in our experiences too. I feel like
0: it's one of those things where it's like if I see what's in that window, my hair is going to turn white and I'm going to be blind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm forever changed. That's vibe. Yeah,
2: my that's we'll vibe. never here again or see. <laughs> it. My biggest fear living in that house actually, because I saw her every night in my dreams. Um, I experienced it all over the house. Um, but my biggest fear is I didn't know what would happen if I actually saw her. I have seen entities many times in my life, but I thought if I see this thing, because I knew it wasn't actually a woman, but if I see this thing in real time, I'm pretty sure I might die like of a heart attack. Like I just had this feeling that something in my spiritual shell was like We can't let you see it. And that's all it wanted. I could tell it wanted me to see it, but I couldn't. And I was so grateful because I was like, if I see this thing, it's going to be like the movie The Ring. They're just going to find me with my mouth open, all weird, like on the floor. And yeah, and it'll be the end of me. And I, I was so scared of it all the time. man. yeah. Mm hmm
1: oh good the ring that is like yeah that's my that's my all-time favorite horror movie and so much of your story i feel like i could imagine those moments too of like what are they gonna find they're gonna say something and it's gonna kill them in seven days but it didn't you're here which is you know what's crazy
2: too about the ring so this is like a side thing which i didn't explain in the in the podcast again too much to fit in but one thing i realized was that Around that time is when the movie The Ring had come out, and we had all seen it. Now, Amber, it was Mm -hmm. never one to be scared by horror movies, but The Ring really messed her up, and it bothered my roommate Lane, it bothered Adam, it bothered me, we were all bothered by it collectively. That means, think of this, what was in that house, that isn't the actual, there is no ghost. It went into our minds, took the one thing that we were all afraid of, and wore it like a costume. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good way to put it.
1: Yeah, it's it all connected it all, you. It was the
2: one thing we were all scared of. So it literally chose a form to scare us all. Because all the other residents who live there have never seen the same thing. And that tells me it knew what to pick. It picked the one thing even Amber yeah. was scared of to show itself as.
1: Like I know how to appear to them in order to terrify mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Wow.
0: Have you heard of the Union Screaming House in Union, Missouri? Actually, that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. I had an experience with that. I'm going to send you an episode that we did where it, like, catalogs my experience with this um, house. Not, I, I've never been there, but I read the book based on it and a lot of, like, crazy shit happened to me. But in that house, it was the same thing where, like, the children of the family saw it as a clown. Oh, and yep. it I've heard this story to a yes. couple other people. I know as a clown this story. Well. Yes. Yeah. But to other people, mm-hmm. it would be, you know, a, a woman from the 1800s or like whatever. But like, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. these kids were scared of clowns and it was a clown. <laughs> and that to me is.
2: Not okay. (laughs) No. (laughs) That's a crime. Call the police. And that's that's how you can always, like, when people ask me, how do you know the difference between a ghost and a demon? Because everybody wants it, by the way, and I always have to clarify this. People always want it to be a demon. Demons are so popular right now. But, um, yeah, they're so, 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 oh, my gosh. Everyone wants to have a demon for a best friend. But really, it really is very rare that it's a demon. It is so rare, in fact, that I can't even... I've been here 41 years on this planet. I've only had two demonic encounters in my life, once with my mom and my dad and once in this house. And for all the things I've seen. Exp- and you're seeking it out. Yeah. And for so yes. yeah. <laughs> like, and you're right. looking, because, you know, <laughs> in all the experiences I've had and all the places I've been, I, it's always usually just a human spirit or just residual yeah. most of the time. But how you know something is demonic beyond, like, you know, the knocking of threes or whatever they want to categorize, it's this. They want to scare you. And they can read your mind. A ghost can't, by the way. A ghost, in my opinion, cannot read your mind unless you let it or you speak it or you connect a demon can dip right in there and like dig around and essentially like it did in our house like you know in the original Ghostbusters when it's like pick your destructor and they and Ray (laughs) accidentally thinks of the state pub marshmallow man yeah right like it comes into his head like in our house it our destructor it went into everyone's mind without permission and literally said oh my god they're all freaked out by this one character from this one thing I'm gonna wear it like a Halloween costume and scare the shit out of everybody for Year, um, that's something demonic because demons want to scare you in a way that is primal, deep. It's also like uh, violating, like to go into our brains and pick something without us ever saying it. I mean, that's a violation, it read your mind, you know. So, that's another good way to know it's a demon.
0: That's why I don't uh, believe in hypnotism
2: oh yeah going into
1: the mind <laughs> we it. keep talking about this mad yeah mad it. about it get out in the brain <laughs> yeah please
0: okay so where you're going to talk more about the, your experiences for sure because i want to relate like to the haunted house lore to different experiences that you've had personally okay. whether it was in this house or like in other places sure yeah But today is all about The Haunted House. Mm. It's one of the most popular horror movie tropes of all time, and for good reason. Um, The Haunted House has been a part of our lives since we started living in houses. (laughs) And that's because (laughs) ghosts have been around since the beginning of time. And it was just a few years ago that a thirty five hundred year old Babylonian clay tablet was displayed at the British Museum as part of a guide to exercising ghosts. That's what this like these tablets were for, wow. these old Babylonian tablets. And this one depicts a male spirit being led by a living human man back to the afterlife. So we have evidence mm. that ghosts have been around since written word like the romans wrote letters back and forth talking about spirits that they were encountering and the first mention of a poltergeist spirit took place in 856 a.d at a farmhouse in germany so they've been around as long as we have and obviously they're going to be in our homes Since there have been ghosts, there have been haunted places, and we spend most of our time in our homes. The home became one of the most haunted places of all. And when it comes to traditional haunted houses, there are often three reasons for the house to be haunted. One, someone who lived there prior did something horrific. We see that in A Haunting in Mm -hmm. Connecticut, Amityville Horror um two someone is dead and the murder is unsolved we see that in stir of echoes and what lies beneath and finally possibly worst of all it's just a really fucked up house as seen in poltergeist the shining the haunting of hill house and one of my all-time favorites house so i wanted to ask you guys what some of your favorite haunted house movies were and your favorite moments from those movies haunted house specific moments from those movies lauren do you have one i mean
1: i mean this is such like an obvious easy one especially cuz you just mentioned it but also it's on my brain because of your story lindsay but poltergeist always comes to mind as one of my absolute favorite haunted house movies and you know you were talking about how one of your biggest theories is the land that the house was built on probably being the reason for what's going on there. And so, of course, it's like, yep, the burial ground, that's gonna get you. And (laughs) I just, I absolutely love that movie. And also, like, oh, this was another point I was thinking of when you were telling your story, kind of the trickster or, like, mischievous... Personality that the entity in your home seemed to have, and mischievous feels like putting it lightly because of the darkness that the entity had in your experience, but that also reminds me of a poltergeist type story, so that's the one that I think of, but poltergeist was just life changing as far as haunted house movies go, so I have always really liked it, and it is fresh on the brain from you, Lindsay. I don't know if you agree with any of that at all
2: oh I love, oh, I love poltergeist. I think what I love about poltergeist too um I just had, it was funny enough, Steve Gonzales was on and he was talking about poltergeist and the impact it impacted head on him to become a paranormal investigator. But what I like about poltergeist the most is in the beginning, they have nothing to fear. It's all curiosity, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I think yep. that that should be true for, again, 99.9% of the time. If you're having an entity in your house, trust me, do not be scared of them. Communicate with them. I'm here to tell you that, like tell set boundaries like like a roommate you 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 don't know that well that you moved in with set boundaries but be curious like i think when we try to ignore them it intensifies the haunting and it makes it worse if it is a demon and you do happen to have one and you talk to it, yeah, you're fucked. But, uh, that's when you, that's (laughs) when you, that's when you go call Michael. Uh, but if it's, (laughs) but if it's just a ghost, which 99% of the time it is, Mm -hmm. um, I think that that curiosity is really important to help you learn how to communicate. It gets you past the fear because once fear sets in, you're scared of every knock, tap, movement, and really, just imagine a person you can't see moving around. Half the time, I tell people I have come to realize they are as scared of us as we are of them. I think we frighten them as much as they do us. I think that we shock, and I don't know how well they can see us, depending on the person. Um, I think that some of us are like beacons of light, and some of us are duller. And if you're duller, I think we scare the shit out of them. I think if you're a beacon. Unfortunately, you get haunted a lot more because they can see you. But um, but poltergeist is great because I think it has the the element of the curio the curiosity, which I think is important. And then it also shows you how bad things can get real quick if it's a really intense yep, haunting. Yep. And I think it also shows mm-hmm. that the father who kind of goes from being like, "What's going on?" and kind of skeptical, he's like, you know, falling apart. Their daughter got sucked into the uh, ether of you know the the, the wherever and. And I love when the team comes in and they're investigating. It's such a great movie <clears throat> and it totally impacted me. I saw it at a very young age. Great movie. It's yes, a great movie same. for paranormal um
0: enthusiasts when you can watch it as a cause as a kid it was just like scary. The tree comes alive, right. the clown, the, <laughs> ah, the monsters. But like as an adult who's like super into this shit and like researches it, it's like, oh, like I love the fact that she can communicate through the static of the television mm-hmm. because the static of the television is literally what's left over from the big bang and like we can't spirits can use easy things like television signals radio signals things like that to communicate with us so there's so many little things like that that are just like lovely little nuggets for someone who's interested in this stuff but you can also watch it without being interested in anything and be like wow that's terrifying and you know what i also love so about scary. poltergeist it's not dark yeah it's very bright really? it is ve- you can see everything this was before we put that weird dark filter on every horror movie gosh where i can't
1: watch during the day because the sunshine through my window makes it impossible
0: to watch this film i know
1: as much as i love haunting of hill house i i couldn't ever see it i I know
0: everyone's like did you see the ghosts hiding in the background i was like i couldn't see the foreground I sure did. I wanted to.
1: (laughs) Also, I loved Poltergeist for introducing, maybe it didn't introduce it. I'm sure it existed before. But for me, it was the first time I saw it. That trope, which some people hate in haunted house movie tropes. They hate that um, a little kid is the first to be able to see it because it just feels so easy. Like, of course, the creepy little kid. But I love that trope and I will support it till the day I die. So I kind of loved that it was, you know, this girl communicating with it because it's so pure. Like a child just has this pure, wholesome personality of like, ooh, a new friend in the TV. I'm going to chat with it. And I feel like that happens in a lot of Haunted House movies. And I like it because I think it is a good vessel to kind of introduce something where they just think they have a playmate. Well, I think it
0: happens a lot just in life. Mm -hmm. A lot of people experience, especially... People who have never had a paranormal experience in their life and then they start having children and their kids come to them and tell them things that they cannot fathom because that part of them is totally closed off now. Yep.
1: My niece, Josie, we used to talk about her all the time on the show. She she always had stories. And then she grew out of it, which was interesting. Now she, like my sister said, she never says anything, but she used to constantly see things moving around and be like chatting with things and yeah it was my mom
2: always talks about it again i come from a family of people who have abilities and my mom always said that there's a veil that gets put over children after a certain point like you're still tapped in like you have an umbilical to the other side and to a certain age you can still see and sense things that energy that's within you can still pick it up on it my mom said watch babies sometime really watch and my mom would point it out to me all my life and she go that little baby can see stuff right now. Watch. And there's a difference between a kid, a little baby looking at lights or something. And then when they start talking and interacting, you can tell that they are seeing somebody um, mm-hmm. that is not there to the rest of the room. And it's amazing. But my mom said, you know, certain kids mm-hmm. after certain ages. And my mom always said because maybe life would be way too hard if you could still see and remember and sense all that is beyond this life. It would make this life really hard to live to go, I could be flying around as like some sort of magical spirit and I got to like go to work today? Are you serious? So my mom kind of has a theory (laughs) that like we we get the blinders put on so that we can make it through our physical life because it would be unbearable to just look around and just see the things that will be or could be or where we were. So that's kind of my mom's theory on it.
0: Yeah, especially if you believe that we are here to – grow spiritually Mm -hmm. because how how are you going to Mm -hmm. grow spiritually if you know everything exactly there is to know there's no growth to have and i think that's why we have people who are able to access these so that we can get glimpses and we can get guidance from these people i mean you know back in back in the day they were who we went to for life's biggest questions. And, of course, some people still do, but a majority of the public, you know, mediums and psychics are are, um, very niche and sometimes, you know, uh, hated. Mm -hmm. But they used to be literally, like, the most important person in society um, because they were that connection to that other world that we'll go back to someday. Lindsay, do you mm-hmm. have a, a,
2: a haunted house movie at the top of your head that? I made a little list. That's what I was doing you? on my phone before because I was like, yeah. "Shit, I forget. So w- one of them <laughs> that I love, I love movies that maybe most people haven't seen. So I got a couple of them, mm-hmm. but um, one is this movie called Lake Mungo. Um, oh. seen it. Good. we
1: both know it we Love watched it together Ash- ashley had seen it and then she introduced it to me and forever that movie changed
2: messed forever me changed. up in ways i cannot totally. describe because it's like it's done like one of those mockumentary documentary kind of like makes you believe it's a real yes. thing kind of vibe so it's fine whatever it's australian they've got great accents so you buy in any mo- you're in it deeper you're like, oh wow. <laughs> but, like, spoiler alert for anyone listening who hasn't seen it, though, but when you realize she's been haunting her whole family the whole time and herself, yep. I mm-hmm. was just, like, mm-hmm. mind blown. Also, I'm so scared of the idea. And then when they have that crazy scene where you see, like, the neighbor in her house, in her room, oh and then Lord. you find out she's having this crazy, no. like, Sexual, sexual thing affair. with the neighbors, <laughs> but the okay. way that they show him in the yeah. room, and you're like, oh my god! And then the brother was putting her in the photos to fake it. Or oh, I just got the goosebumps. But at the end, in all his faked photos, you actually see her ghost anyway. Like he didn't realize yes. it. Uh-huh. So that's a great movie because it's like one of those things. Like, what an amazing concept. Kind of also in the weird way that the movie mm-hmm. The Others is, which is like mm-hmm. in Lake Mungo. Yeah. That was on my list, was it? Because in Lake <laughs> Mungo, right in Lake Mungo, she's haunting not only herself like in the past like her future ghost is haunting her but her actual ghost is haunting her entire family leading all the way up to her death almost like a warning her type thing and then in the others which is like Mm -hmm. a similar concept that the living are haunting the dead it's 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 a a mutual haunt and that's kind of what happens in lake mungo and so that concept for me i I really enjoy that idea and that's where i always tell people as well like i think that we scare them as much as they scare us totally Well,
0: I, you know, I've been a huge believer in that since um, uh, we have a medium that comes on our show. She hasn't been on in a while, actually. We need to call Amy Goldenberg. Her name's Amy Goldenberg. She's out. She's from another fucking planet. Okay. But one time she was explaining to me that she had seen... Um, she sees things almost as like sparkles at first until she concentrates on them and then she can see more. But she saw this like energy, sparkly, staticky energy in this chair and she couldn't connect with it and she couldn't figure out what it was. And she had made the realization that it was actually her from a few days prior. She had received some really great news while she was sitting in that chair and it was her from before. And I was just like, oh, my God, which is sometimes I will tell people and they're like, I keep feeling something sit on my bed. I don't know what it is. And I'm like, it could be you. Mm -hmm. It could be you last (laughs) week. It could be you tomorrow. Like, I wouldn't immediately go to there's a a demon sitting on my bed. Like, it literally could be yourself sitting on your bed and making that compression. So those Mm -hmm. movies, Perfect
2: perfect choice yeah. Yes, love it yeah and i Thank don't know you. a lot of people who have seen like mungo too and i'm like dude get watching because it's a yeah. it's a classic in the sense that like it's it so scared good. me in a way like that i was like that's a concept that'll stick with me for a while for sure yes i couldn't stop thinking about some it some
0: people have criticized it for being too slow which makes me want to just scream yeah I go, because sh- it's like what do you then want? they don't understand <laughs> they don't
1: understand what makes it so scary that's like it wasn't yeah, meant for yeah, them
0: clearly right? clear us. Us. But, okay
1: yeah the others was another movie i saw when i was really young i just had Same. to say one more time so it like changed me in that way that it was just so terrifying but also like what a great twist to throw you off at the end of the movie and also make you rethink hauntings mm-hmm. in general like exactly what we're saying i just love that it it I remember that movie making me start to question what was actually going on when, you know, we thought we were experiencing a haunting. And then I was like, am I a ghost? What's going on? So <laughs> <laughs> I just watch the others. The end. That's my How <laughs>
0: about, have you guys both seen twelve's The Woman in Black?
2: Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a sneaker. That's a good That one. is a sneaky little scary. It is a sneaker. Scary film it has some that movie that's the one with that weird road in the water that disappears is that correct yeah it's a marsh so Mm -hmm, i had here's a real messed up one so so i have a a lot of really weird dreams about things and i dreamt Mm -hmm. and have dreamt more times in my life about the road in the marsh than i can even tell you and being having to drive down it and trying to get there before the water comes in over and over and over when I saw the movie, I was like, holy shit, it's the road. No. And I was like, no. And it like looked exactly like that. And uh, it freaked me out because I was just like, I have literally had to drive that road in my dreams. And Mm. seeing it a gazillion times, just at random, like in my dreams, I'm like, "Oh no, I'm on the water road again. The water's coming. You got to beat it up before it gets covered." And and I would always be like, "What the hell? Kind of that's not a real thing." And then it's in the Woman in Black, and I was like, "Oh no, it it is a real thing. Oh, it's a freaking marsh." You know what's Mm -hmm. funny? What I
0: find interesting about that story is that you can drive a car in your dreams, because I can't. Mm -mm. I get behind the wheel. I don't have the ability, and I will like push on the gas. (laughs)
2: and we're like, try to turn the wheel, and it will not drive. My worst car driving thing, which my husband teases me about all the time, I have a dream. Usually when I have to drive a car in a dream, I'm actually driving from the back seat and it is so terrifying <laughs> because I'm forced in my dream to sit in the back seat and try to stretch my leg and my arm out to drive and press oh, the gas no. and other people will be get in the front and I'll be like, take the wheel take and they go, no, no, when you drive a car, you know how it works. you go in the back and I'm like, no, this is not how it works but I have to no. and I can't see anything it's horrifying. So on that road, usually I'm probably driving from the back seat, which makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> barely reaching anything uh, for
0: anyone who doesn't know uh the woman in black is daniel Radcliffe. plays a lawyer who's assigned Every to po- uh. visit is it an isolated estate located in a marsh in 1889 england and another thing i really really a trope i suppose but i i and it, i don't think it happens very often in the real world um, but it's a definitely a horror movie thing, which is the vengeful spirit. And I don't. The mm. reason I don't think it happens that often in the real world is because oftentimes when we do pass on to that other world, that other plane, um, we don't really have many grievances. We kind of, you know, yeah. your soul goes through a, a, an enormous transformation, and you can you let go of a lot of that stuff that you were like upset mm-hmm. about so i think it has to be quite severe for a vengeful spirit to exist um but it doesn't make it any less scary when you're watching it on
1: tv gosh yeah that is such a a jumpy spooky dark movie i
2: love it but i think i remember at some point coming across that it's based on a true story But like loosely based about the the trope you're talking about, like the situation that happens in that and some really well-known haunting, but I can't remember the name of it. But like I believe – but it's like you're saying. It's like it's one of those things that is a story that's told with such frequency, this kind of mother-child loss. But um, I want to say it was based on something real, but I couldn't find it just at a quick look, but – yeah, that movie, though, is so beautifully done and so interesting. Um, Yeah, and it's the kind that, like, I like to watch a lot because it's just got some, enough scary parts to bother you, but not so much that you can't enjoy. It's, like, beautiful gothic vibes, so.
0: Gothic. It's a good that's yes, the It is
2: very visually appealing. I, don't, yeah,
0: I, don't, I, I wouldn't say, as goth as I think my soul is, I wouldn't, I don't think that I'm drawn to gothic horror mm. as much. Um, but when it's done well, mm, yeah delicious mm-hmm. chef's kiss <laughs>
1: chef's kiss <laughs> a movie a ha- I think this counts as a haunted house movie. i one that I don't watch often you reminded me when you said that because it makes me so sad is the orphanage. oh
2: that's a sad one so that sad. is a sad
1: one but but so good. and that's why I bring mm-hmm. it up is I think it is so well done. it is it's always. Ranking up there when I think of, you know, some of my favorite horror movies and ones to recommend to people that maybe flew under the radar for a little bit, but I have to take breaks and maybe watch it once a year. If <laughs> even, because it just makes me so sad. But I like it a lot. Yeah,
0: and I love Uno, Dos, Tres, Toca la pared. <laughs> toca la, uno, dos, tres, toca like la the, pared. Yeah. Yep. When they're playing that game. Which is basically no.
1: red light, Absolutely green light. Not. no thank you i know yeah good jump scares very creepy all throughout but then like i love the story that brings it all together and you will ball your eyes out
2: (laughs) yeah that is a good one um you know (sighs) going back to to the woman in black although i even though that i guess this is a ghost movie but i don't consider it one but the same gothic vibes that i did enjoy was that movie crimson peak yeah Mm. yeah 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 technically it's a ghost movie but i don't i i don't think of it as one for some reason same it never
0: crosses my mind when i'm thinking of horror movies which is weird it's like a great it's like a
2: beautiful gothic art piece and i'm like oh it's so lovely Mm -hmm. but there are ghosts and i'm just like but they they don't count for some reason i don't know why yeah i don't put it in the horror category edgar
0: Allan poe story Mm -hmm. where it's like Mm, there's no ghosts involved but it's
2: spooky. A little yeah.
1: spooky. Like oh, I would yeah, want to live so beautiful. there.
2: It's like I would want to live yeah. there yeah. in that whole situation. Maybe not with like the sister who's like, you know, crazy and killing everybody. But <laughs> yeah. everyone else sure. can everyone stay else and cool. I'll be there with a floor that's <laughs> full of red blood mud. That's fine. That's great. Uh, yeah. Chill. One I love, is, um, which I very few people have seen, is the pact that movie is just mind-blowing. It has the yes. ugliest cover you're ever going to see. It's so bad. It's a face going like, uh, it's so and bad. hands coming through wallpaper. And okay, I've definitely seen that and been
1: like, this isn't for me, <laughs> but don't judge a book by its cover. Okay.
2: So, like, one time I was like, oh, I guess I'll throw this on and let's see, what, like, where, where, where's this going to go? And I was like, this cover's so bad. But, like, I'm the kind of person, like, if I I, I was a photographer mainly for 15 years so you have to edit for endless hours so around spooky time I just give stuff a, a go and I went this is the worst cover I've ever seen fuck it I'm throwing it on five minutes in I'm like this might be an incredible movie 30 minutes in, I'm like holy shit this movie is amazing and what I love about the pact is so do not judge it by the cover is that it begins where every other horror movie or uh, haunting movie ends normally A haunting Mm -hmm. movie ends with all this paranormal stuff happening. Everybody runs out. The end. You know, like Amityville. We're we're through. The conjuring. We're We're through. Right? Mm -hmm. This movie literally starts in the first 15 minutes of somebody running out of a haunted house, like levitating. All this stuff happens. And then it turns into solving what's going on. And it ends up being so demented and so messed up and so well made just creepy enough to, like, mess with your mind and have the sort of end- ending you were never expecting. It's a, such a good mi- movie. I've been
0: wanting to rewatch that for Ooh, so long. Sold. And it is
2: never streaming. I, you can't find Is it, it not? The part. No.
1: But I've seen it before. Uh, not, like, the cover.
2: This time of year, it starts to refloat on some service or another, Maybe and I always funny. tell people, dude, they made a sequel, not as good, hmm. not really worth watching, <laughs> but the first one, I must say, much like Lake Mungo, I like when I can watch one that really flips me out in a weird way, and then the ending, you just never see it coming, at all, like, not at all. I love that.
1: Love movies like
2: that. <gasps> 1980s The Changeling, George C.
0: Scott. Oh, yes. Um... He plays mm-hmm. a composer who loses his wife and daughter in an accident, moves into this vacant mansion that is crazy haunted. It's a tangled web of lies and mysteries and an unsolved murder. It has all of those tropes like that are based on real things because he moves into this house when he is at his worst. Like he's mm-hmm. a broken person. And I don't know if he had been the happy husband and father that he was if he would have experienced the thi- cause the things that happen in this house are very subtle at first until he starts giving attention to it. And then they, they gradually become bigger. But I, I liked movies that very obviously come with those little nuggets of like real life. Like this happened to him because of what happened to him before. But I also love in this movie, um, a very cool and accurate paranormal investigation scene, Where they use things like there's EVPs where they do recordings and he listens back and he hears voices on the recordings, which like, you know, not a lot of movies before that had touched on yet. And they do automatic writing. There's a pendulum work in that movie. So like, I really love a good paranormal investigation scene or something in the case of like Insidious, where they create their own paranormal investigation techniques and it ends up being like mm-hmm. a, a very creepy and effective scene when she's wearing that like weird yeah. mask with the tube mm-hmm. uh-huh. yeah Ooh.
1: which isn't as
0: yeah. far as i yeah. know not a real thing but like they convinced me that that was real that was an actual thing you could do to investigate paranormal activity and it was terrifying
2: mm-hmm. The changeling too. So funny enough, I've never seen it. But what I do know, if I if I could be wrong, so if everyone listening, you can do your research. (laughs) um, Paraphrasing, (laughs) that's a that's a true story. And the guy who wrote the screenplay, it's about what happened to him when he lived in a house. I think that's his actual whole true story. Really, I'm sure embellished for Hollywood, but I believe that's his story. And when it was done, he had the house bulldozed. (sighs) Oop. Yeah, and I can't remember. Did it take place in Colorado? Seattle. Seattle so he what I do know is from what I remember it's either the book or the screenwriter whoever wrote it it's their true story and a lot of people have over the years really given him a lot of shit because they're like I don't know that I believe you and he's like I really don't care this is what happened so I guess it's based on his actual experiences from what I know
1: also respect that he bulldozed the house because yeah
2: supposedly he (laughs) did I think I think he had them come in and just Brick by brick, take it down. But I, I, I can't. Don't quote me for sure. I haven't seen the changeling, and yet I know this fun fact about it somewhat. Least. So do your research on your own. And if I'm wrong, don't tell me. I don't need to hear it. I'm wrong about enough. Of it. Seriously. If yeah, wrong, same. I never know. Let me be wrong. Let
0: me live this just, lie.
1: Ignorance is bliss. I just want to live in my <laughs> truth.
0: <laughs> Which haunted house movies do you think? And you can answer both or one or the other. Which ones do you think really get it right in terms of like what it's really like to live in a haunted house? And which ones get it very
2: wrong? Now, before we go there, I would like to say, so that I can show that I'm not making it my own universe, <laughs> the actual screenplay for The Changeling that writer Russell Hunter wrote is um, all based on true experiences he had yeah. while living in the Henry Treaty Rogers Manson in Chesapeake Park, Denver, Colorado. So you I was right. It was in Colorado. So yes, it is Love a true that. story. So, Well, that makes it even
0: freaking scarier because it is a Which very, means I should also movie. see it. How have I never seen it? I don't know. You know what? That yeah, one really flies to. under the radar. I didn't see it. It does. It took
1: me a long time to see it. I didn't see, see it. it till I, I was to like, to watch.
0: Probably 30. And now it's like. Top 10, one of my favorites. I love that movie, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't even know about it. The only reason I watched it is because I, once I saw Exorcist 3, I became obsessed with George C. Scott and watched every movie he ever did. So, Exorcist 3
2: rules. Ooh. Exorcist 3 All right, yeah, so, so rules. Great. <laughs> we great, talk about it a lot on this <laughs> Great movie. Great movie. Um, All right, so ones that get it right and ones that get it wrong. Yeah. I have one that gets it right, right off the bat, but I'm trying to think of wrong. That's going to be...
1: I almost feel like a lot of them get it wrong yeah, and see this so was my totally. fault. So underprepared for the podcast. Mm-hmm. I could have written them down, but it's one of those that yeah. like when I'm on the spot, I can't think of any of them, I but think. I know I watch them and I'm like, this is not how I have one works. that gets
0: it wrong. Please tell it. us. The 2005 remake of Amityville horror. Ah, I think is possibly one of the worst offenders when it comes to haunted house movies. The original absolute classic like Mm -hmm. the way they did it's the transformation of the oppressed person of the you know demonic possession first starts with oppression Mm -hmm. and you know that because you lived in a house where something was literally breaking you down to the Mm -hmm. point where you were like i have to go now (laughs) um but they do it so well in the original yeah um the little things that break him down and not being able to sleep. And he's mm-hmm. really, he loses weight. He gets very ill. Um, but yeah, the Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. He's just getting hotter. He just gets, he just gets, he's, hotter he's just hotter turning hotter into a sexy like, <laughs> murderer.
1: It's not, it's not
0: correct. <laughs> to the point where he's like wielding an ax and like trying right. to, and it's just sort of like, ah, you guys went really off the rails here. It just, and you know, to, to that extent, Poltergeist, you know, gets it wrong in that I've never seen or heard of a house being sucked into space. What? So, like,
1: <laughs> I hear about it on the news. Yeah, a little wrong. Sinkhole. <laughs> <laughs>
2: True sinkhole. Um, could be a sinkhole. I think where Hollywood goes wrong, being that I lived in so many haunted houses in my life, and one of them happened to be with a demon is that it's it's subtle. It's a subtle thing. Yeah. And I understand that when you're trying to show a mass audience what a haunting is, we overrepresent it. We sell it too hard sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. And I get that because if you've never lived in a haunted house, y- you know, they have to show you an exaggeration of the truth to give you an understanding of what it's actually like. Because a lot of it is very questionable and very small, especially in the beginning for a lot of people. But I think when they sell it too hard, yeah, like, you know, Ryan Reynolds with no shirt on for, you know, however long chopping wood. I mean, that's not a that's a distraction. That's not really (laughs) like what do you want me to be learning here? Yeah. What are we what are we really getting into? And then like um, another one that other ones that I always kind of take a little bit of an issue with are ones that really get it wrong, like a haunting in Connecticut. The yeah. movie is okay, but I watched this like two hour documentary when I was much younger on the actual story, and it scarred me for life.
0: It's so much scarier. It's so
2: much what actually happened to these fa- this family and everybody who lived in this house is so much scarier than the movie was. And the movie, again, mm-hmm. they blew it out of proportion. It got too crazy there at the end of it all. And so I think that's where I find that they go wrong when they try so hard, especially with a true story. Same thing, like you're saying with Amityville—the remake—they were trying too hard, and I'm just like, stick to the original. That's already so scary. It's already scary enough.
0: I mean, the uh, the Conjuring movies are are definitely really bad with this. Where like the Conjuring movies. Are so wonderfully spooky mm-hmm. until yeah. the last third of the movie. And then you're yeah. just like, okay, well, now we're at the circus. Out like, of control. Like yeah. um, uh, Conjuring 2, which is, I believe, the Enfield haunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The BBC did a like. Th- mini series on the same story it is so much better I've and seen it it's called the infield it's haunting. so scary it I've, I've seen the, the whole thing it haunting? is I
2: think it is I've seen okay. the whole thing it's amazing it's so it's good.
0: fantastic mm-hmm. it's the exact same story minus Ed and Lorraine because they mm-hmm. didn't really have anything to do with that hunting and I don't know why <laughs> they put them in there but it's the exact same story it is so much scarier because there is no volic and there is no like crazy right. like the house doesn't explode mm-hmm. and like flood it i really like balls to the wall horror um usually when it comes to like gore and body and zombie and, and alien stuff not so much haunted houses i want it to be a little bit creepier a little bit more subtle
1: it's the subtlety like Lindsay mentioned yeah, yeah. like
0: yeah. when it goes too big,
1: and, and it that's where,
0: again
2: with the Conjuring. Right. I remember reading about the true story versus what they showed in the movie. The movie is not even none of that happened, by the mm-hmm. way. Like the whole Conjuring movie is completely yeah. made up yeah. compared to what the family actually went through. And but there's little subtleties in the movie. I think they did really well as somebody who's lived in enough haunted houses, like the clapping game and when it mimics the clap. Ooh. Oh, and that was and then a when terrifying she scene. and it claps over her shoulder. Like I, my, my, nope. what I've learned from hauntings, especially if you're dealing with something intelligent, and especially if you're dealing with something angry. Is they will do things like that. They will do things to get your attention in really zany ways. And it and it shows that they're listening and they're paying attention. And that's what scares me. So like those kinds of moments are great. But some of the others, you're just like, this is so over the top. Like it's not even possible. And, you know, when I talked, to, it's funny when I spoke at length with Michael Salerno about people who get possessed by demons and what it's actually like. He said it's so much scarier than any exorcist movie because you have to imagine their heads don't spin around, they don't levitate. These things have supposedly happened like levitation, but it's rare, super rare. But watching somebody's eyes change, he said, and you're looking at them and you're talking to them, and you can see that something else has taken over their body, but it clearly still looks like them. And they're interacting with you like it's them. And then you recognize, oh, wait, there's a demon in there. Let me just say or test them with something. Like you start to say the Lord's Prayer and it's the person's eyes just very slowly turn and look at you and you know that it's inside there like you son of a bitch. And he said the subtlety of an actual possession is so much scarier because you're in the room with someone that they know has a demon in them and you have to interact with them and they're being fine. And then as soon as it starts to, like, get serious, like, the changes you see are so horrifying. And like he said, too, like, they know your thoughts. They'll read people's minds in the room and just turn to you and be like, oh, I know that your mother is sick. I hope she dies. And the person and this person would never know. Like, crazy shit like that comes out of their mouth. Like, that Mm -hmm. to me is so much scarier because it's like you're looking and you can't see the demon. Like, it's just in there. And what is it doing? What does it look like? You know?
0: Yeah, I right. think that was one of the things that the ex, the original Exorcist, got so right too, was when you know Reagan would speak in the voices of people in his life. You know, Demi, why you do mm-hmm. this? Why, to why you me, do Demi? This why you know that kind of knowing stuff. exactly like,
1: how to cut <laughs> deep yeah, and, you know, and hit that's hard. That's why the
0: priest is terrifying. like, don't listen to anything, nothing mm-hmm. they says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will
1: break you down, and that is so much more terrifying. Too.
0: I think the ones that get it so fucking close to right
2: are Stir of Echoes and What Lies Beneath. Oh, What Lies Beneath is at the top of my list. And Stir of Echoes, (laughs) excellent, both of those. My gosh.
1: I feel like Ashley and I talk about those as our two. She always says Stir of Echoes and I always say What Lies Beneath because I think, yeah, both are so underrated. I just watched What Lies Beneath
0: maybe five days ago dude it fucking love slaps. that for you i saw that I twice in theaters i was in eighth grade me That's and my friend crazy. chelsea we went twice because we loved it so much which is such so, a so funny good. movie for an eighth grader to like <laughs> yeah. because it is too like adult like
2: it's very adult that they're having a lot of <laughs> sex and talking about all. there's lot is so of sex. much sex yeah, going was, on let's be louder than the neighbors when he was like yeah. leave it yeah. open let's see if we can make more noise Ooh. than them and i'm like jesus Gosh. christ
1: and, okay, and Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford is so damn sexy, body but he bo is body. not constantly shirtless and cutting with an axe. So, like, it's the good, creepy, sexy that we're looking for. I will yeah, also say that. Anyway. Yeah,
2: And that's also <laughs> realistic sexy in a way, actually. Yes. Oh, Silver totally. Fox, if, if you're lucky. We love it. Yeah.
0: With those movies specifically, mm-hmm. it's the ghost communication and the way they do things to you. Opening doors, turning on stereos, getting weird songs stuck in your head, or, like, the way that he sees the spirit in Stir of Echoes is so reminiscent of so many times that I've seen a ghost where it happens so fast that you don't even, it's, it's not until after it happens that you realize you even saw anything. Mm-hmm. And then you have to go like, oh, my God, what did I just see? And then you try and like recreate the situation because you want to see it again because you know they're there because you just saw them, but they're gone. And like that kind of stuff, having weird dreams like that mm-hmm. happens in Stir of Echoes. Like I just think they do it in such a good and creepy and like realistic way. Those are probably my top, top movies if it, if you want a
2: realistic haunted house yes oh i a hundred percent agree and 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 i think mm-hmm. too you've got a lot there both are about unresolved deaths and mm-hmm. when, when you were saying earlier when we talk about the things that create entities i do believe that a lot of i had a, an experience this is a small one but i had an experience because i've had so many but i had an experience where i started to see one night and this reminds me of stir of echoes and what lies beneath in a weird way I would close my eyes and I I don't know what, I guess it's your third eye, but sometimes when I see entities, I can close my eyes and I can see the room exactly how it looks and that's when I know what's happening. I can close my eyes, everything looks the same, and then I see them come in. And I open my eyes and it's the room and I close my eyes and it's the room except now they're in the room. It's so weird and I can open and close my eyes and they're just there. So one night I was in bed with Adam and um, we were living in this little apartment in California. We were working for clients and I closed my eyes to go to bed and there was a naked woman all covered in like dirt and bruises squatting across the other end of the room. She had longer blonde hair. I could tell she was probably alive in like the 70s, maybe late or early 80s by her hair, but she was completely naked. And I could just tell looking at her, I was like, either she was murdered, I knew immediately, or something bad happened, like she did drugs and got raped and then murdered. Like, I could just tell by her, I knew. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. she's squatting there, and I said to Adam, and I was lying like, next to him. I said, there's a dead woman in the bedroom. And he went, my husband goes, yeah. And he goes, what? And I go, yeah. And I kept doing my eyes open and closed. And what was crazy was I remember she was kind of squatted down and she was looking at us. And then I realized she was looking at me. So I would open my eyes and he's like, where is she? I'm like, my eyes are open. I can't tell. Hang on a second. I closed my eyes. And then I saw her stand up and she was looking. And in my mind, I kind of told her, I can see you. But we're going to bed sort of thing so fast forward this happens again and i see her again and she's now just standing there naked dirty covered in bruises um with her long hair and i told adam i said she's in the room again and he's like what is she doing and i went oh god and as i kept opening and closing my eyes she started crawling towards the bed And she crawled onto the bed as Adam's laying there. He goes, where is she? And I was like, just hang on a second. And she (laughs) she crawled up on top of him and brought, and this entities tend to do this with me a lot. She brought her face to my face to look at me and I could communicate with her. And she was just saying, you can see me, can't you? And I said, yes, I can. And in my head, I said, you know, I know something really bad happened to you, didn't it? And she kind of went and then disappeared. Well, fast forward. We have to get on the phone with our insurance agent, of all people, because we were in California for, we were only supposed to be there for like three months, it turned into eight months, so we had to adjust our insurance for living in California. And Adam gives the address for this apartment complex we're living in, which is this updated apartment complex, but our apartment from the day we moved in made us both feel really badly. Like, Mm -hmm. we knew something was wrong with the apartment. Yeah, small apartment but we both talked about it all the time something's wrong in this apartment something's wrong in this apartment and then I start seeing the naked dead woman so we're on the phone with the insurance lady and we give the address and she goes oh god that's where you live and we go oh boy yeah and we go why she goes well that apartment complex has been redone but back in, like, the 70s and 80s, it was, like, a really bad neighborhood with, like, bad drug use and, like, really bad stuff happened there. And I remember Adam just shooting me a look. And so I saw the woman again. And in my brain, I just kind of said, you were murdered here, weren't you, back in this time period? I'm so sorry that you went through this. And she kind of nodded, and I never saw her again. But but putting those pieces together, it's a little story, not compared to some of my big ones. But The point being, much like... What Lies Beneath and Stir of Echoes. Sometimes for these entities, once you acknowledge their pain and what has happened to them and how they show themselves to you, um, often that's all they want. And then they move on. I think they're just so grateful that someone could see them and feel their pain and Mm -hmm. acknowledge their loss that then they can move on. Yeah. And 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 then I think that I think she moved on. I think she was like, finally, I've been dead here for so long and someone could see me. And I'll move on now. But that's who was in our apartment the whole time.
1: What she went through. That's amazing. You were able to acknowledge her.
0: Especially if she was a woman who not only after her death, no one could see her. But it seems like possibly in life, she also lived a life in which no one could really see her. Or she was looked over, looked past, looked down Mm -hmm. on. you know, she was one of the... um, forgotten women of the world there are many of them and yeah Mm -hmm. definitely and that's something i believe in so much more strongly than what i said earlier the vengeful ghost Mm -hmm. because i don't necessarily think they want revenge but i Mm -hmm. do think that they long for some sort of love and acceptance and care or yet someone to give a shit you know Mm -hmm. what i mean that That, to me is way more believable than that makes more sense. (laughs) yeah that's
1: that's why i also why i like what lies beneath because that's how i mean she's a little vengeful that goes but but i like that it's more like reason i for good reason but i i always think of it as like women power she comes to michelle (laughs) Pfeiffer like we're gonna be a team yeah and we're going to take this guy on together and that makes me love it even more cuz yeah I feel like she was just trying to be like here's what happened to me see me and then there's that terrifying scene where you can see her walk through the door like in the pouring rain when like looking in the mirror I kept thinking of that when you were talking about the naked woman that you could see across the room it just reminded me of that visual which is horrifying yeah, it's so
2: and sometimes I think if you you know when these entities if they've been murdered, I mean, I don't know she could have been murdered and no one even knows where her body is. But I knew that this lady died a horrific death. I got the sense that she was raped. I think drugs were involved um, the way she showed herself to me. I knew she was raped and I knew that she was murdered, but I also got the sense that nobody knew what happened to her. So just having someone go I can see you and I can feel your pain. And, you know, you're not forgotten. Like, I don't know who you are, but you still do exist and you can move on if you want to. And also, like, with What Lies Beneath, her poor mother never knew what happened to her. If this never yeah. happened Ugh. and her body never came up with that character, her mother, the last time I, I was know. watching it, I was like, oh, that's right. Her mom has no idea what happened to her daughter. And what? I can only imagine as an entity that you would be like, my mother doesn't even know where I am. She can't bury my body. She doesn't know if I'm alive or dead or where I went. Like, it's not fair. Like, my mom needs to know, no. you know. Yeah. Give
1: them closure so she can also move on. We all yep. need to move on.
0: Yeah. Yep, yep, well, yep. yeah, And that's what I was saying, you know, about once you pass on, you know, your spirit, once you're in that realm or in that world, you mm-hmm. realize like how much it doesn't matter and how you get. But if there is someone connected to you, family member or friend who is still here, who feels the pain of your loss or disappearance, that would be strong enough, I feel like, to to keep you tethered and to keep you caring about your story
2: absolutely mm-hmm. yeah and I've had those experiences a lot so I, I get that same sense I haven't never really had vengeful spirits but I have had plenty of them that just want to make sure that they haven't been forgotten or that that they're yeah. they were they didn't die in vain and no one knew you know sort of yeah thing. okay well guys um I
0: hate that we are out of time, because I'm having so much freaking fun Could talking talk to you, Could talk all Lindsay. night. I hope that you come on the show again, because Absolutely. this has been a blast.
1: We need a part two. Yeah, awesome. We well, let's do it. Two. I love
0: it.
2: This has been so gotta much fun. i got to hear more of
0: your stories.
2: Oh, my I gosh. I have so many. And, you know, that's the other thing I guess I never realized until, you know, because my second season is just interview-based conversations like we're having with people sharing their stories. And okay. I should probably have you guys on at some point to tell yours, but... um. Uh you know what's crazy is that I just never realized that the amount of stories I have i was that's when it started to Same. occur to me, and I was like, "Oh yeah, so that's what a medium is, I guess I'm one of those and some <laughs> some of them are just so wild and you know, I, I look at it as being very fortunate, though. It, it it can be freaky sometimes, but for the most part, it doesn't scare me. But I'm I'm grateful because it teaches me that there is something. I think a lot of people who don't have these experiences have to really wonder. Having faith alone, I don't know, kudos to whoever you are, whatever you believe. Yeah, That's tough. tough. It's so hard. To just believe in yep. something, but seriously, never having any tangible proof, that's bananas to me. I luckily know that things exist because I've seen them. So I'm like, easy enough. Like, I know there's something. So that's a very helpful thing. But yeah, Mm -hmm. this has been so much fun. So thank you both. It's been
0: so great. Thank Um, you for being here. I want our listeners to know exactly where to find you. Where can they follow you? Where can they find the the chilling? I almost said... (laughs) I don't know what I almost said, like the krilling. I think my day quills the off <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There meds was an R in gone. there that was not supposed to be there. Where can they find the chilling? where they, Where can they follow you as well?
2: Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at the Chilling Podcast. um I post lots of fun content there, and you know, interviews and all kinds of little tidbits. I do giveaways sometimes, so check it out. And then you can go to the Chilling All the episodes are available there. But I'm also available in anywhere you listen Spotify Apple podcast you name it um, but yeah give the show a listen I always warn people though just as a little lookout I have had plenty of people write in and say while listening they've experienced some pretty intense paranormal activity while listening I do warn people oh, I wondered. Yeah, I had uh, two people I actually know personally who are not that big into the paranormal. Uh, One of them, this one was really creepy, though, um, because she said, listen, man, I got to stop listening. Like, I can't. I made it to this episode and stuff is kicking off at my house. And then someone I know, they have a beaded curtain, like an old school one. And it got to a really intense scene in the podcast. She was listening like out loud in her house. And she saw a finger go into her beaded curtain and pull the whole thing aside and drop it. And she's like, absolutely not. <laughs> and she's like, I'm done. And she had to be like, I can't listen. I'm so sorry. But and someone else told me that the par- no. that that their house was haunted and the entities in their house started going ballistic. And they're like, I couldn't do it. So I warn people <sighs> like tread lightly. I have had a lot of people write in and have some really zany stuff happen while listening. This is so. the freaking book
0: the uninvited all over again Lauren only Seriously, in podcast form
2: literally yeah now it's just
1: in your ear holes instead of your eyeballs just do reading. what I oh my did gosh. Listen be in careful the car. everybody
0: my least haunted um, object that I own my GMC <laughs> terrain um, no paranormal activity took place in that bad boy it's nothing in my proof.
1: Toyota Prius either <laughs> the Prius my the little cars. red Toyota Prius has to stayed safe yeah be in your so vehicle the ghost
2: can't catch you if you're in your but cars. don't run
1: off the road either still
2: be still i did be oh my gosh speaking of that last thing i'll say i did have somebody actually drive off the road by accident they were well, listening and it was a scary well, scene and they you're were
1: like, never ah! safe ah!
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> no guys, one is there's saved. no okay, safe great. place to listen to the chilling but you should listen but anyway, still listen fucking fantastic <laughs> Lindsay. thank you so much you rule we can't wait to
2: have you on again awesome sauce thank you both for having me this has been great and thank you, listeners, for tuning in once again, as you do every week, because you're the best.
0: And um, it's spooky season. What else do you have going on? You have to have us. We are your your spooky... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's the day quill well, It's gone. Ghost um, hosts with, your the ghost host with the most. Ghost hosts <laughs> with the most. And uh, we have several um, more Halloween episodes coming up next week, Friday the 13th. We have an episode on the unluckiest things whoever happened in history and we have a very special guest you may know him as very handsome uh we know him as very angry my husband joe will be (laughs) joining us (laughs) for our friday the 13th special so tune in then and in the meantime as always keep it weird keep it weird